Welcome to episode 18 of the Zone Talk podcast. I'm your host, Jamel, and I'm back with the full squad. We got Donovan here, Rashad, Devon, and Nap here today. How are we feeling today? We good. We good. Doing Glad well, to have man. the full squad. Let's get it. We back good. in I'm action. Five strong. I'm on the, the Invisalign treatment right now for the next seven months, so excuse my voice if it sounds a little, you know. Chippy, no, yeah. like but but after insane. that, man, it's <laughs> over. But y'all get to see my beautiful smile in like October, so it's all good. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> October's very <where we> own. <laughs> Off the backboard. Oh man, oh man. But it's draft week, fellas. Uh, the NFL draft is this Thursday. A uh, whole lot of anticipation in the media. Everyone wants to know where all the top guys are going. Uh, but it's important for, as fans, you know, we want to know what guys our teams are getting and, you know, who's going to be available for us at our pick. And there are a lot of different storylines to go in. But, you know, how are you guys feeling about the draft? You guys excited? What do you guys think uh, is uh, I'm excited? I know I've been telling all y'all this whole week, like, yo, draft day is almost here. So let's he get he it. getting drafted. He waiting let's for the call. <laughs> I, feel like, I, feel like get, I feel like I'm about to get drafted. So I can't wait to see the moves that's about to be made on Thursday. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see, especially for the Pats. And then, of course, all around the league. I know I love, like, when Madden comes out, like, just playing with the rookies that are on there. Word. Like, seeing which rookie got what rating. Like, all that. That's, like, the best part of like, so, the draft. So, you looking forward to updating your rosters on Madden after the – on Thursday after the draft? So, that's all you care about. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting on the next Madden drop, I guess. Because I didn't even get Madden 21. <laughs> I'm still on the 20 wave. Yeah, no, this is going to be excited. This is a deep quarterback draft, so – it's good to see that a bunch of franchises are going to try to turn their situation around and see who's going to be the most successful with their pick this year and see who does the best with their uh, their pick this year will be interesting. Absolutely. And making that turnaround is possible. I mean, a team like the Browns, you know, had the number one pick year <laughs> after year after year. And um, now they're turning into uh, a contender, you know, a consistent contender with a good core. Um, so the draft, you know, can make or break some teams. You know, we've seen it on various occasions, uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later in the pod. Uh, we first wanted to say rest in peace to Gino Hayes. He is a former Buccaneers and Florida State linebacker. He passed away from liver disease at age 33. Um, hate to see you go, especially uh, from a disease like that. You know, that's such a young age. Out of our hands. For exactly. Real. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I can only imagine. I mean, and he probably, you know, playing in the NFL, you're thinking he got in at 22. You know, he's probably only been out of the NFL eight or so years. And, you know, he had a full life to live ahead of that. You know, everything he did up to that point, um, you know, he probably had a long life ahead of him, um, you know, if he had the opportunity. So rest in peace. Uh, condolences to his family and friends. Um yeah, that's and and quickly. Um, also, just want to give a quick rest in peace to Terrence Clark, a Boston native who passed away this weekend in a car accident. Um, really close friend of the pod and um, and just a good kid. And you hate to see somebody who was so positive um, die at 19 years old. 
And so we want to send our condolences to his family. The entire city's hurting, and um, we're all going to bounce back from this. And you know, this isn't a this isn't a you know basketball pod, but you know, we do have people from different um, backgrounds that listen to this, and we appreciate all all listeners. So, um, rest in peace, Terrence. We love you. We miss you. And um, rest in heaven. Rest in peace. Absolutely. Rest in peace. Bro. Absolutely. Do a moment of silence. Young man had a lot of potential, a lot of potential. So uh, I think we should transfer into something like a little bit more upbeat. So like, do you guys have any like memories of draft day things that like stick out to you? Like like good draft day memories that you guys can think of? The one that just popped into my head, I forget who the player was, but he was like getting drafted. He was an old lineman. And it's like all over social media. He's like sitting down and like his girl comes and sits on his lap. And his, his mom comes over and like yoke shorty up like nah you ain't about to steal my son's my son's shine right now like nah, this ain't about you and i feel that because he wasn't gonna do it but that mama she done she was like i took him to the practices like all that like nah yeah, you, ain't you ain't about, about to be to, up, up in the camera nah, you ain't about to be in the camera for the five minutes all up nah. in the videos <laughs> come to death row but nah, yeah, that was that was the funniest one that comes sticks out to me. Like, CD Lamb last year was oh when he took it when his bro. girl tried to take his yo phone. he was quick oh, with yo. it he was yeah. quick <laughs> with it yo that one was viral <laughs> yeah, too yeah, yeah there's a yo, lot of funny oh, draft stories I forgot about that another yeah. one I remember I saw on social media like Baker Mayfield like he he like was anticipating being the first pick but like his one of his boys called him like while he's like waiting. And he's like, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, one of his boys called him, like, fucking with him, like, acting like he was, like, a GM. He's like, why would you do that? It was wow. mad funny. Oh he still God. ended up going number one, so you got to run them jokes. But that shit was hilarious. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's a crazy day for those guys. I mean, obviously, their lives change instantly. Yeah. You're a millionaire. You're getting guaranteed money if you're a first-round pick. Like, things are looking great in terms of, you know, what the potential looks like from that point on that I, I would say for some guys, that's probably the, the peak of, of their NFL career is that draft day, that moment, that feeling, uh, being around family, understanding, you know, what's ahead of you because the reality of the NFL is not everybody lasts. So yeah, right. <laughs> everybody, every pick doesn't pan out draft day. Um, it can be a crapshoot sometimes. And, you know, we see, uh, the gems that stand out, whether it be late round guys or early round guys, but, those are few and far between. And so, you know, it's important for teams, GMs, front offices, you know, they're scrambling right now to get all the scouting. Yeah. yeah, bro, especially with the COVID and what everything. What was that tweet that we saw with the Niners did? They were like, oh, we use these many resources. What oh, they had like hundreds of interviews. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They, they did as much as possible. I mean, as they should get right. going up to that third pick. Because clearly you have someone in mind, we'll uh, but Kyle Shanahan yeah, think, we'll talk about think we stupid. But we'll get into that a little <laughs> bit later. Um, one of my favorite draft day stories uh, is back in 99 when Mike Ditka was the coach of the New Orleans Saints. Now, he was high on Ricky Williams. How high? This man <laughs> traded 
his entire draft class that year for the number five pick to grab Ricky Williams for the Saints. Now, they say after that pick, he just went and went golfing for the day and just called it, and that was it. Didn't have to worry about nothing else the rest of that draft. They gave away. Yes. The first, second, third, not four, not five, not six. (laughs) All seven draft picks that year to go up to five to get Ricky Williams. With also traded the first pick and third in the next year. Yes, they got the first and the third in the next year. You talk about getting fleeced. This is a robbery. Bro, for Ricky Williams? That's not a robbery. Ricky Williams was like that. No, 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 no. Relax. The fact that he left. No, the fact that no one would ever make a move like this for any running back. It's only bad. It don't. No, it's only bad because he was only with them for three years. Nah, nah. nah. You traded every pick for a run. Would you ever do that for any of the recent running backs? Went and looked at those picks. I wouldn't even. Game's different today, so no one would ever do that for a running back. I wouldn't do that for like McCaffrey. I wouldn't do that for. Yeah, but back then, Ricky Williams was the best smoking. Was seven. Picks? I would have done that for one. I probably would have did that for Reggie Bush Sheesh. before Ricky Williams. Yeah, but, but Ricky Williams was before Reggie Bush, and he was bigger. E- either way, stronger. <laughs> the point is, this is the absurd. Cover of NFL I don't Street. care what you say, <laughs> but um, ultimately, either way, they got Ricky Williams. He only spent three years in New Orleans, um, and they went three and thirteen. And so you want to talk about draft day blunders, uh, and Mike Dicka got fired the following season. So as he should. And his first his first year in Miami, he was a Pro Bowler. <laughs> yep, <laughs> sound about right. <laughs> that was when they was running that Wildcat, I think. Yeah, that was his only Pro Bowl year. But Ricky Wait, Williams. no, was like just that. to just to backtrack a little bit, just to backtrack a little bit. So he traded, but but it said y'all said that Ricky Williams went to the Saints, right? Yeah. Got drafted there. So who did they who did they trade with? They traded with the Redskins. Okay. All right. Now known as the Washington football team. I wonder how they panned out with all those picks. Uh probably not good. They don't have a championship, Rashad, so not well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. It clearly didn't work out. <laughs> um but anyway, that's just one of those draft day stories that is just amazing. I mean, I wasn't paying attention to football in ninety nine. I was four years old, but <laughs> I can imagine if I saw that, uh, you know, being as old as I am now, I would be dumbfounded to say the least. Um, but that's just one of many draft day blunders. I mean, you talk about uh, what some people consider a draft day blunder is the Broncos trading up for Devon's guy, Tim Tebow, yep. uh, back in 2010. Yeah, yeah, they, they got gave him up 25 first first round. Yeah, they gave up a second, third, and fourth rounder, uh, which made it a little more shocking. But Coach Josh McDaniels. Who was eventually fired, uh, made the decision, and mm-hmm. you know they went to a playoff game. They won a playoff game with Tebow, but um, that was about it. That that was the peak. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching that game too. I was gassed. I was like, "Let's I go!" I know you were. <laughs> <laughs> Beat the Steelers. Yeah, he definitely uh, had a cult following, Tim Tebow. Yeah, it was like. Yeah. T-bowing, remember that? Oh, oh yeah, I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> I had a T-bowing shirt. Bro. Oh, of course oh, yes. you did. <laughs> what, is, what is T-bowing? I forgot. It's like kneeling, like doing like the praying thing. Oh, you, uh, yeah. you remember it, bro? Yeah. <laughs> nah, you know what I'm thinking, bro? I just thought about uh, the Kaepernick thing. He's going. Yeah. But yeah, what a trade! You know, didn't pan out for them. He's out of the league, so clearly uh, the Broncos didn't get what they wanted. Well, but eventually, eventually they got Peyton Manning. So. You know, 
you know, one super, life one goes on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but recently, let's talk about some recent NFL news. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more draft stuff later. Uh, but recently, we had a trade. Uh, Orlando Brown traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs traded their 2021 first-round pick, number 31st overall, a third-rounder, a fourth-round pick, and a 2022 fifth-round pick in exchange for Brown and a 2021 second-round pick and a sixth-round pick in 2022. Um, so how do you guys feel about this trade, Rashad, since yeah, you're the Ravens I figured, fan? I figured I'd be on the spotlight first. But um, anyways, I thought initially, um, I'm sure everyone thought, why would they trade what they – AFC rival slash contender, um, but I, I guess I mean it does make sense that they were able to part ways with Orlando Brown. Uh, he wanted to play left tackle, and he his his wish was granted. Um, so it worked out in that realm. Um, for me personally, I didn't like the fact that they gave the Ravens gave up a second round pick, but at the same time. Um, Orlando Brown is on his rookie contract and eventually the Chiefs will probably have to resign him or extend him and give him a new contract. Um, so I guess that's a little trade off in that regard. Um, but on the other hand, um, my Baltimore Ravens have a bunch of picks, two in the first round. Um, so I think given that said, I thought it was a fair trade for both teams. Um, the Chiefs are Reloaded offensive line. Um, that's really all they needed to address this offseason. Um, they'll be back to being a Super Bowl contender. Um, in the Super Bowl, we saw that they were missing their O-line, um, and they've gotten younger at this position. So um, I think it works out for both teams. Um, as far as the Ravens go, we'll have to see how those picks pan out, but they have plenty of draft capital nonetheless. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, how do you guys feel about the Chiefs now? I mean, everyone talked about their O-line being the issue that they had to resolve. Um, you know, I personally think their O-line now is obviously much better uh, than the situation they had last year. And if that's the only area they had to address, I mean, do you see um, if the Chiefs and Bucks were to play again with this lineup, you think it's going the other way? I'm not I'm not going to say that it will go the other way. And I'm not going to say that this even – it's not as monument. It's not as big as we all say. The Chiefs were gonna be good regardless. The Chiefs were gonna win ten plus games regardless. This just solidifies they will make the playoffs and they will go deep because Patrick Mahomes now has help with getting more protection. You know what I mean? The Chiefs are the Chiefs. They're they're a stacked roster. They were gonna be a good football team. Yeah, I think regardless. I think just securing. O lineman for Patrick Mahomes just solidified them being a championship contender. Yeah, like, I mean he was he was a Pro Bowler last year too though. Like yeah. he was definitely on his way up. I think it hurts because as the Ravens, like you're sending away what is a a bona fide talent in the league. You know what I mean? Like like people know about Orlando Brown, and then you're taking in a chance. Yeah, <laughs> like these draft picks like, don't always pan out, but. I mean, to take to take him and move him from your team to the already filthy Chiefs, like that that that's what I'm saying. It's a that's what I'm saying. It doesn't affect the Chiefs as much as it affects yeah. the rest of the league because now you're giving <clears throat> you're giving an all pro talent to in the best team in football. So is it is it fair <clears> to <throat> would could we assume that 
this was the best offer that the Ravens got. Mm-hmm. For them to trade to a AFC rival. It might have been, but uh, what I'm thinking is I don't think teams thought that they were going to ship Orlando Brown off yeah, of this season true. yet. Yeah. Yeah. So even if that was the case, it might have been a surprise to most teams that he even is gone right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, teams knew that he wanted to play left tackle because he made that known. They knew he requested a trade because that was known. But to happen so soon, I think the Chiefs being aggressive and wanting to pull the trigger so quickly um, and understanding that they're going to take on a future top six left tackle contract. Right. Um, you're able to create a deal that you can mold a little bit, you know, to your favor. As, as you guys know, I mean, obviously they're – going for Super Bowl runs, and this further solidifies that. Now you have Joe Thune and Orlando Brown on what is now one of the top offensive lines in the league um, if all pans out for them. So, you know, things are looking up. I think the Ravens do have a lot of draft capital, and they have a history of capitalizing on their draft picks, uh, more importantly. So they're pretty smart in terms of having guys in the front office, knowing what they're doing, and uh, being able to make those picks work for them. Uh, So they got the number 27th, number 31st. Um, we'll see what they do. Maybe they go defense, O line. Maybe they go receiver. Maybe they trade up. What would you want them to do, Rashad? It's a good question. Um, I mean, I've thought about this on several occasions, probably like every day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only but, thing I think about. <laughs> nah, literally. <laughs> but um, I mean, since I'm on the spot now, 27, I might have to go pass rush as much as. Uh, I'll go, I'll go pass rush at 27. Um, I don't know exactly who, but, again, edge rusher. Um, and then at 31, probably grab a wideout. Um, as most people know, uh, the receiving core has to be addressed. Um, the recent signing of Sammy Watkins, he is an answer, but he's not the answer, as I always like to say. Um, I like that word. So... <laughs> That's a fact. They just have to, I mean, for the Ravens, I mean, any receiver would help. Definitely wouldn't hurt to draft one. Um, so I think they go with the receiver. Hopefully, I like I like Terrace Marshall out of LSU. I've been hearing yeah, his name linked a lot to Baltimore. Um, he has great size, what, about 6'4", 6'3". He's like I, one of the biggest receivers. He had like, what, have. 10 touchdowns in seven games, LSU? So See, I, but, I, th- I think that the Ravens should trade up and try to get in the mix of one of these power Power five receivers. Sheesh. I mean, you have to give them. up a lot. That'd be a big commitment for them. <laughs> I mean, we we, we, know, we also know. Would it be a commitment if, if you know, if realistically, if we're thinking that Devontae Smith can somehow slip to 15, we don't think the Ravens can get in the mix somewhere around there? I don't think with that's what they. two first round picks? I honestly don't think that's what they would need. And I'm saying not, not, not him being the guy, but I'm saying – if it is a you know a, maybe a Kyle Pitts slip or you know one like nah. you know a bigger <laughs> or a bigger guy like a bigger yeah. receiver because that's yeah. really what they need they need a big they yeah. need a big target right now because Hollywood, Terrence Marshall yeah. might be the answer but I don't know if he'll be around that late either I mean but I think he's projected to be a later first round pick so I think he might he could go mid first round like 18 19 20 and I think 27 and 31 in the nine picks you have in the draft I think you have enough capital to move up to that spot if you really think he's gonna go that yeah, high for real. yeah so um, I mean it could work in their favor I think they have a lot of leverage right now um, yeah they have a lot of picks for like Jamel said uh, for me 
I wouldn't want to see that. I would honestly just, as a Ravens fan and uh, knowing they have a history of, of hitting on their picks, uh, be patient as far as not, you know, getting too crazy and drafting a, a top tier guy. Um, I think at the end of the day, the, the Ravens are going to be who they are on offense. Um, so I don't think it's worth for them to go up and grab a star studded guy and then them continuing to stick to what they're going to do, what they have been doing since Lamar has taken over at QB. I'm not saying that they won't change their offense this year, but from what we've seen so far, we know who they are as a team, what their identity is and what, how they like to run the ball. Um, so get one of these end of the first round projected guys and then go from there and continue to build on that receiving core. You've addressed in free agency. I think they're kind of in trouble, though, if they don't pick a tackle with that 31. Well, I mean, they, ha- they have some guys in free agency in the mix. I mean, they're talking about what, Villanueva? Yeah. He was the last one out there. Yeah. Like, I'll beat him on the pass, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, but he's getting up out of that league hey, man, soon, I'll tell you that. Maybe a change of scenery would be good for him. But What move are you going with on the pass rush? Slap, swim. Slap? <laughs> <laughs> bro, 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 he's six. I'm fucking with you, bro. Yo, he's like the oh, tallest, and uh, he's like the tallest lineman in the in the he league. Says, Slap and swim. <laughs> swim what? <laughs> you think he's swimming you in NFL no tackle? Swim like on an all pro. He gonna put you on the sled. Right I'll put some down. respect on his name. He's like that, but I'm just saying he's <laughs> he's an older player, and I'm just yeah. saying but, um, maybe the speed rush. But I, Jamel mentioned. Um, off the pod, we mentioned, I mentioned um, Alex Leatherwood at Alabama, who I, who seems like he's getting overlooked because this dude has, like, crazy accolades for playing in the SEC. Um, but for some reason, he's been getting overlooked out of Bama. Hey, um, hopefully he keeps getting overlooked, man. He might yeah. follow y'all. But, I mean, he's, like, 6'6". Six, six. He was, like, a top high school player. You know how that go. But he can definitely help a younger guy at that tackle position. Um, but we'll have to see. Definitely. We'll see what happens. And, um, you know, another guy that's been on the trade blocker linked to a trade with the Ravens as well, uh, Julio Jones from the Falcons. Um, they seem to be marketing Julio Jones a little bit. Uh, obviously, he's getting a little bit older. Uh, he has three years, $38.5 million left on his contract. Um, and the Falcons, they would lose $40 million in dead money if he's traded before June 1st. But uh, they've been said to want to trade after June 1st. They'd save roughly 15 mil in cap space if they did. Um, so, you know, the GM in his interview, he talked about, you know, they're willing to trade anyone given the cap situation. Um, obviously, guys like Julio are legacies, but you got to look at the direction of the organization. So Julio could be on his way out. Uh, what do you guys think about, you know, Julio seeing some new territory, but not in New Jersey? I think wherever he goes, he'll be effective. Um for picking up that contract. That's where it gets sticky. You know, that's just a different factor, but that's Julio Jones. However you want to shape it up, like he's a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um I don't know, like we we talked about it a lot this morning in the group chat. Um and the more we talked about it and even before that, I just kind of in my head I I felt as if it's going to be kind of hard to to move this guy, to move Julio. Um, just because of the added factors that come that come with him, um, what team is going to be able to to take on that contract? Um, I can't imagine him wanting to restructure his contract. He's on 
the latter half of his career. Um, and he's getting older, so he's going to want to collect as much money as possible. Yeah, he definitely wants all that money, and he um, could say he deserves it. But Absolutely, he yeah. deserves it. Um, and the Falcons gave him what he wanted, and he's he's set. If he stepped away today, he'll be set. But Word. if he wanted to suit up and play football next year on a, in a different organization, I personally think, um, I'm not a GM by any stretch, but what I envision is some sort of mix of him changing his contract um, and him going to a contender and a team willing to give up a lot of assets to take on the quote-unquote risk, I guess, um, as far as injuries and the, I guess, the financial aspect of, of Julio Jones. Um, but nonetheless, we all know who Julio is and what what he has done and what he can do, what he's fully capable of when he's out there on the field. So whoever, if he in, does end up leaving to go to any team, he'll be an immediate impact anywhere. Um, that's not a question at all. But um, as a GM, you'd be crazy not to take into account recent injuries that he's been dealing with and the financial burden uh, right. he'd be taking on. Definitely, but no doubt uh, teams are definitely going to remain interested despite that. I mean, it's uh, hearing a guy like that in the trade market, you know, it probably makes you think of, you know, when Randy Moss was, you know, back in the day getting traded and on the market. And it's like, what could be? I mean, yeah, he's older, but this is a guy who's chosen that he's going to be a legacy in the league. And if he still has some juice in him, uh, he could be a huge addition for any team, either contender or not. Uh, big locker room guy, huge guy in terms of helping other receivers develop. Uh, so there are a few ways that, you know, teams could want to uh, have the idea and frame that idea that Julio would be, you know, it might be worth it to make that trade happen. Yeah, I mean, all the all the positives we're listing about Julio are... are Nine uh, games, <laughs> 51 catches, <laughs> 770 yards, three touchdowns. That's better than... 80% of the receivers <laughs> in the league, and he only played nine games. Yeah. Production. But I mean, He did. He did. Legend. As far as, far as, as, far as Julio him goes, all the, all the positives <laughs> we're, list, we're listing off, uh, they're, they're understatements. Can't speak enough about who he, he's, he has established himself to be um, as a top-tier receiver in the NFL. Um, so, I mean, any team would be lucky to get him. Um, yeah, I just feel like it has to be a team that has the cap space to deal with this. Because, yep. I mean, honestly, if you're trading for him and you know you're going to get that cap hit, you're going to have to – I mean, if you're offering, you're not going to offer your hand as if he was on, a, like, a reasonable contract. Like, they know that they're trying to get him off for this cap purpose, and they're going to take on that purpose. So, it's like, all right, you almost – like I feel like the Falcons won't get as much as they could have given a, a better circumstance financially. So I feel like that's going to be part of what makes this interesting, um, like who, what they get or yeah. who gets him. Because when we look at it, I feel like we might be like, damn, that's it. But like, it's also you got to take in the fact they're, that they're getting off that. So just to throw all that of us, cat money, just to throw all of us on the hot seat, like what if you if y'all were GMs and or if now knowing that Julio is on the trade block, what's the first thing that comes to mind as far as what you're offering for Julio Jones if you feel as if you could use him on your team I think the easiest is like a one for one so saying like first round for Julio 
Okay. Honestly, like still at this you point. You would say first round. I was thinking second, bro. Oh, you're out of your fucking <laughs> mind. First round. Now you could get two seconds off or a second and a yeah, third like, off. I think you round, get second. If, you, first if, round. if you're one of these, if you're yeah. one of these playoff contenders, talking about throwing a late first rounder for Julio Jones at this. At All this, right, late first. See, like, first rounder I mean? versus like, late first rounder. Because I was thinking like second, like some second round action, like. <laughs> First yeah, is like, like all right, this could like, be you're picking up a player the next Julio Jones potentially, even though he's a generational talent. I mean, you so, could get so somebody we, who's we just as effective. We wouldn't about about DeAndre Hopkins getting getting picked for getting traded for the second round, but we're not gonna. I mean, that's the, that's a Texans problem. But we're not we're not gonna go. Up, we're not gonna, <laughs> well, D Hop, I feel like is get, at a different point in his career, but I didn't see yep. I didn't see that whole conversation. I wish I did. I was at work. I was like, damn, they going off in the chat, but like. Just Julio, I mean, just given the like the injuries, I mean, they're all they've all been like soft tissue issue injuries that are problems, like they reoccur. So it's like you're gonna have to look at that. I mean, and then just the cap hit is tough. Yeah, let's hear it more. So about if not. he was if he wasn't at such a high cap hit, easily first round, Let, let's even hear, though he's thirty. Let's hear more of Nap's perspective um, as far as Julio Jones and what you would get out of him, regardless of. Of um, you know the injuries because I know Nap felt strongly about Julio Jones being the talent that he is. Um, could we elaborate more on that? Yeah, I I just think it's more or less of it's been an Atlanta problem more than a Julio problem, and you know he's been a guy who's since he's entered the league had nagging injuries since his since his very first season he he's had nagging injuries and it's been quads and and hamstrings and he's dealt with this his whole career and he's still produced at this crazy rate so i just i i understand the money portion of it and and i understand but like the guy that we see on sunday when his team is good when his team is a a full team when the last time we saw a good falcons team we saw an all pro like top three receiver no question now we got a guy who why would you actually want to go out there and give your all when you know your team's four and 12 and, and you know you're not even going to be fighting for a chance in the playoffs and you got these little nagging injuries and you're coming down a stretch of your career where you're looking for a championship yeah he's good how do we know he's actually hurt how do we know he's <laughs> that's, you know that's what fair I, mean? I never looked at I, it from that perspective I, yeah. like you know what i mean it's been a rough couple years for the for the falcons can we is that not true ever since they lost that super bowl it's been tough for them, yeah. bro. Yeah. You saw you saw last season. Like if you saw Julio Jones even oh, on the, no, on the games that he came in and he killed, as soon as he had a setback, it was a setback and he was out for a week. Yeah. He was out for two weeks. So let me ask you this. If your team, now we're just gonna say any team should go out and get Julio Jones, which is fair because he's Julio Jones, he's an impact player, right? But if you're a team that's bottom of the barrel or even middle of the ground team, are you gonna spend forty mil or not forty million dollars, like around like thirty eight million dollars for him, as if he was brand new? He's gonna play for you nine games. He played for you nine games last year. Are you gonna are you gonna spend that type of money for somebody who played Dude, nine if games? I, if I'm the if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, I might I might <laughs> give Trevor I might give Trevor Lawrence a number a number one target for for a few years just to while Julio's on the tail end of his career. I mean that's him, a great that's a great. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna say like if if we're talking bottom tier teams. Yeah, I, 
if I, I don't see why the Jacksonville Jaguars, that wouldn't be a good fit to just give him. Who's his weapons right now? Who is Trevor Lawrence about to go in and throw the ball DJ to? DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones. You got some young guys. Yeah, Those DJ are- DJ Chark DJ Chark is legit. Um, the other guys, LaVisca I, I Chanel can ball. I, yeah, I haven't I haven't paid as much attention, so I can't I can't speculate on that. But I, I'm just saying, as far as you know, if, if we're talking about teams of lower tier, that could be a potential one. And if we're talking about teams that are good, like you guys said, um, Rashad and um, Don, I think both mentioned the Packers could use a guy like Julio and. You know, if you're in a position to spend a little money and get your worth out of Aaron Rodgers, which might be a couple more years, you might as well give him Julio for a couple more years. If if we're saying Julio's 32 that combination right and he there. can only play a Scary. couple more years. That would make yeah. up for Devontae. all the years that they never drafted nothing for him or Rashad, nothing. You were, saying, you were saying, too, with uh, Aaron Rodgers and his contract, what, if you were going to uh, resign him, how many years would you give him? Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Uh, what did I say? I said what two two years fifty, yeah, two years two fifty years mil? fifty. Yeah, give him that Brady contract. At this stage in his career, thirty seven, still effective. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> still <See>? effective. <laughs> Just won an MVP. <laughs> still effective. Jordan yeah. Love who? But um, yeah, I think it, it's it's cool. Just looking at the different perspectives. I mean, even listening to us talk about it, like. You know, all these GMs must, you know, they must have similar, similar thoughts. So I think moving forward, it's going to be definitely a story you're going to have to look at, Um, especially as we get closer to the draft. Um, After the draft, he can't be traded after before uh, June 1st or whatever that the details of that is. But um, there's a deadline as to when he can get traded and as far as how it counts against the cap. Um, Jamal, you want to talk more about that? Yeah, I mean, he can. Um, he's able to get traded after June 1st. Uh, they'll save $15 million on the cap. Um, so most likely we won't see anything happen until then. Uh, but until then, you know, we do have draft day coming up. Obviously, there's still moves to be made for the Falcons, but more importantly, uh, there's moves to be made uh, throughout the league in those top 10 picks. Uh, when we're looking at the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan uh, had a press conference with John Lynch about their plans with the number three pick. And uh, honestly, it was about five minutes of BS. But uh, in between all the BS, uh, there was more BS. So <laughs> in case you didn't see it, um, they talked about having five guys they like and being happy with any one of them. Uh, they said, we'd be happy with any one of them. They fell to us at 12. And uh, the fans should be just as excited about whoever we grab at three. Well, you did. What? You did trade the draft capital to, to move up to three. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm just, a little more curious. I don't know, man. I think this team, if you had to pick a team, like who's the who has the most pressure in the draft, it's the 49ers. Cause, yep. I mean, they only got two days to figure out who they about to grab, and that's going to dictate – that franchise, um, and for their sake and for the fans' sake, I hope that the Niners hit on their pick because, like Jamel said, it sounded like a whole bunch of BS. And it's crazy, like, all this stuff is coming out as we get closer to the draft. Yeah. And, you know, there was a headline that Shanahan was going to take Mac Jones, but then he's visiting Trey Lance, his, like, two pro days or whatever. Um, and before all that, they were talking about yeah, Justin Fields going there. Yeah, so, so it's like – Again, if you if – you, have five guys that you like at number three, why 
shouldn't you feel as if that you can get those guys at the spot that you had initially going into the offseason? But, I, I mean, they know what's going on um, in San Fran, so we'll have to uh, keep our eyes out on that one. So Definitely. Like, I mean, I think they know who they want. Because if not, if they really could have had any five of those guys, I feel like they would have just waited until the draft. And if the opportunity came to trade up, they would trade up and grab any five of them. I didn't think all five of them are going in the first five picks. But regardless, I thought they would have been it. Clearly, they were willing to make a trade. So why would not make that trade on draft day if you thought you could take any five of them? No, you got somebody in mind. You don't want to tell us who it is. That's fine. Uh, but don't blow smoke. You know, we're mm-hmm. good. You know, we'll we'll be at the draft in two days. We'll see what's happening. And uh, let alone the next two years, we better see how this pick turns out because you better be doing something special over yeah. in San Francisco. The NFL draft starts at pick number three. <laughs> yeah, so we will see what happens. Um, I'm very curious as to what they're going to do. Um, obviously, they have a, a lot invested in this pick. So, uh, so real quick, who do we think they should take at three? We did a mock draft. Well, well, no, like yeah, no, right now. yeah, we had to do a consensus. Yeah, this is like my personal thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get your shit off. <laughs> now, uh, who you think, Jamal? Um, I want them to go Justin Fields. I think if you're gonna mold a quarterback, if you and I want to hear questions about like epilepsy or anything like that. Like I don't want to hear that. That hasn't been a problem. It's not a problem now. Um, but. Going forward in terms of making the first, second, third reads, I think Kyle Shanahan's going to get the best out of any one of these guys, right? And so I think the guy with the highest ceiling uh, of being able to capitalize, whether it be running the ball as a passer, as a passer on the move outside of the pocket, I think Justin Fields gives you the highest ceiling to work with. And Kyle Shanahan being a guy that can scheme up anything, um, you know, he'll be able to implement an offense that caters to his skill set and allows him to develop in his system, and eventually he can learn how to make those second, third, fourth reads. Um, and I think he did that at Ohio State. He just didn't do it a lot. Uh, but they don't give him a lot of credit for that. I think they should go with Justin Fields. <coughs> he didn't have to. All right. That's what I'm saying. To. That's and what that, I'm saying. And, and they and, knock him on that. And that's that's my biggest thing is, you know, we're, we're sitting here arguing about, like, who the 49ers should take third. And it's the best available option. And the two guys ahead of him – who I'm not sure are better quarterbacks and we'll have to see in the future. But, you know, you got to take the best available guy. And Justin Fields lost two college games and dominated the Big Ten while he was at Ohio State. He's he's the best athlete in the draft at the quarterback position. He has he has just as strong as arm as the best quarterback in the in the um in the quarterback um in the draft, excuse me. And he's a smart player. He comes from he comes from a system around great players. He he doesn't he hasn't had to make second and third reads often because the first read has been big play touchdowns for him because he has such big playability inside and outside of the pocket. So I think if the 49ers want to make a serious impact and want to get back to being a Super Bowl contender, I think next year if you want to if you want that for this year and coming years. You go with Justin Fields. If you want to sit back and work on a system and try to build a couple guys around some things, maybe you go Mac Jones and sit back a couple years and wait. See, my thing with Mac Jones, like, he's a good quarterback, all right? But, like, I heard somebody say today, I heard somebody say today he's ready to play today as if the other options like Justin Fields and Trey Lance aren't. Like, okay, like, I mean – this one thing that I like it, it goes without being said, but the whole black QB thing, like 
they really act like people act like Mac Jones is like so much more intelligent than Trey Lance or Justin Fields. It's really annoying, bro. Like, come on. Like they're all college athletes. Like they all play football. They all know what to look for. And they all going to have to play with a coach who's supposed to be guiding them through the NFL. So it's like for you to say Mac Jones is NFL ready. He's ready to play now. Like, I don't see that. And if it's just the color of his skin, you can say that. I mean, honestly. <laughs> and also, Justin Justin Fields has been an honor roll student throughout high school and college. So we'll put that in. Like, we're talking, intelli- <laughs> hey, we're talking intelligent. <laughs> we're talking about a kid who, like, I, I think when I was watching QB1 said he did not get a B in high school. Says QB1. So what are we talking about? Intelligence. Yeah, I mean, so as far as that, I mean, that's that, but. Football-wise, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, they have the ability to throw on the run, to run the ball. Mac Jones is restricted to the pocket. He can do good things in the pocket, but he's restricted to the pocket, yeah. which to me is you're not the guy. Yeah, disadvantage in today's NFL. It's just you don't yeah. have that extra gear to tap into. Uh, your potential is determined by your ability to navigate the pocket, make all your reads, hit all your targets. And it limits your playbook. Yeah, bro. So, um, you know, the NFL going forward is moving towards guys uh, that have that dual threat ability but are still very capable passers. Right. Um, those are just more intriguing guys to work with because, you, like Nap said, your scheme just can evolve way more than it can with a guy who's just kind of primarily stuck in the pocket. Guys, quick question. Of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL, how many of them are black? Just, just, just can we? Just one. Right now, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, yeah, Russ, Russ, <laughs> at least four. <laughs> oh, and, and, and and Dak's worth big money these days. I mean, <laughs> he he's move. He's trying to move his way into that yeah. conversation. But like you know, then obviously Brady and uh, Brady and Rogers. But like this. These guys are breaking barriers, and these are things that we need to talk about Absolutely. in upcoming drafts and upcoming years and right. get away from this stigma that, you know, just, oh, he's black, he's a dual, he's a dual threat. No, he, he's a quarterback. Right. Yeah. He's a quarterback who can also expand and run the ball, though. Yeah, the thing I hate to see is you get lost on the internet in, like, the comments and Twitter and the people who – I mean, it's hilarious. Don't get me wrong. But um, a lot of these people swear they know the game inside and out. Swear they've seen these guys at, at, at their potential as high as it can be. Like, they know this guy's future. Three, oh, he's not going to be anything. He's going to be a bust. No way. People have no fucking clue what they are talking about <laughs> online. I don't care what anyone says. That shit is the most annoying shit ever. Because I know damn well I don't know everything. No one knows everything. The people who get paid to scout and draft all these guys don't know everything. So what makes you think you on the internet know enough to determine anything like, about oh, what a team sucks. should do? Literally never yeah, caught bro, like, a, like a pass in a football game. Like, come on, bro. Like, I don't want to hear it, bro. Dude sitting on the couch eating Twinkies. Like, I don't want to <laughs> hear it, man. That, so that's just one of my pet peeves. Had to get that out there. Hey, man. Everybody thinks they got that eye. Every, everybody, everybody thinks yeah. they got that eye for the game. Yeah, Everybody's a GM. <laughs> given, given that said, though, I, I like Out here we, looking like Brucey from freaking long, <laughs> longest year. I, I like, I like how, how y'all, y'all brought up um, those, those points about what the scouts are saying and what the the coaches are saying about yeah. such as quarterbacks of color or this guy you know um i think it's interesting because we see a history of that um but it's just kind of crazy just to think about um like how could 
these guys and scouts be so blinded by, you know, skill or talent that's right in front of them. Um, but then you look at it like, okay, well, y'all could listen to that. Like y'all could y'all could do all that. Like the 49ers can draft. You know, we feel as if some of us feel as if Mac Jones is not the guy that should be going number three. Um, you know, they can do that, and then maybe a team can slip and get a Justin Fields. We've seen a history of that. Probably see it like every year. Yeah, Lamar slipped all the way to Mahomes, 32. Deshaun Watson, Lamar, Josh Allen. Um, but maybe we'll see that this year with Justin Fields if he does slip. So uh, I think there is a pattern in the NFL of going into these drafts and going into the offseason. The scouts have these list of guys who they think are ready for the NFL. Um, but then these other guys, you know, slip under the cracks and end up in a situation where they're making a, their team a, a contender within their conference. You know, we right. see that all the time. And I think if we see that this year, who that who is that team going to be? Um, so I like how that point was made up um, in regards to, you know, whether or not, you know, this guy can do this because his skin color or whatever. Um, but I like how that factors in and then teams end up paying for it. Uh, yeah, the the Chicago <laughs> right, Bears. Right. Yeah. What? But we see it all the time. Um, I think like, I think one of my biggest things is just like we got to stop. Not we, but people who evaluate the game. You got You you got to stop downplaying a a quarterback's ability because he can run. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Yeah, that's a, you that's can't a, that's say a, that's he's a, a bad that's quarterback a yeah. because. When he gets out, when he's able to get out of some shit with his legs, yeah. he does it. And yeah, he, yeah. he does it at a great, at a high level, at such right. a high level that right. it makes him look like he's almost a running back. I mean, if anything, receiver. those guys are changing the game. Deep, yeah. We're seeing right. more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're seeing more teams. And as a defensive so like, coordinator, bro, you can't even account for that. Like, you can call the perfect defense, but if there's a mobile yeah. quarterback. And Word. it breaks out if the you, pocket. You just then got, it could ruin everything. It can, it can ruin an right. entire game plan. So having that factor into a game plan or having that player on your team as an NFL team, like the Ravens, when they go into a game, they can know, oh, we got this idea right here for the game plan. But if it all breaks down, we know we got Lamar and he, his talent by itself right. just yeah. is just right. enough. Yeah, I also would like to like wonder, I wonder what teams actually value these types of things, whether or not – if they're, you know, following that that pattern of, you know, this isn't the, you know, what we're used to seeing, so we're not going to take our chance on that. Like, so I think, you know, Old the best teams. Old die hard. Exactly. So those, so those teams, I mean, when everything hits the fan, push comes to shove, we're going to see, you know, what teams have the best scout, the scouting evaluators and, you know, guys who are able to, you know, weed out talent. Um, so I think come Thursday – um, at number three, man, I think that's going to really dictate how, you know, the trajectory of the NFL draft this year. Yeah. Well, number three and number two, both of them. Oh, so you, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, so great, great, like that? great, great football <laughs> players. Don't get me wrong. Great football players. But Justin Fields has a track record of playing against top 10 defenses throughout his season. And who have these guys played against? Who, who has, who has BYU played? Yeah, <laughs> who's in their conference? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm conference? still thinking. Come on, think about it. <laughs> they play like the Nevadas of the world. No, no disrespect to these programs, but these are not power five. These are not the teams that we hear about going winning, winning ten and ten plus games a year. 
these are the teams that Justin Fields are going up against each week in in beating in in great fashion. With like one incompletion, if talking that. about the highest completion ratio in, uh, in the country. Yep. But so. he's a bad decision maker. He can't get to the second or third read. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Zach Wilson has this. Mac Jones has this, and he doesn't like. I, I don't see it. I want to see it. I hope I see it. Yeah, show me what you see, cause I need to see. It. I know what <laughs> I see, and it ain't Mac Jones at three. That's all. I mean, we'll definitely see. I think uh, it's interesting because this just brings me. We talked about the other quarterbacks. Um, those guys were in this position two years ago, three years ago. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes. Yeah. These guys had a year, second or some of them a second year, got in and started hooping. So what does that trajectory look like for this crop of quarterbacks? Are we going to get another Josh Allen, another Pat Mahomes? But maybe we're not going to get another Pat Mahomes. Hey, you don't know that. You really don't. (laughs) We're not going to get another (laughs) Pat Mahomes. We will get that caliber of player. We will not get another Pat Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's by himself. Justin Fields is a better athlete than Patrick Mahomes. Oh my god! All right, I'm bro. not even gonna. <laughs> yeah, I ain't like, gonna like we know you use. love Justin Fields, <laughs> bro. Like, but, like you're but going I'm gonna off say, right but, now. But I'm gonna say this: <laughs> that Patrick Mahomes is a far better like thrower. Like not that far, but but like he's the best. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. The best yeah. he's the best quarterback in the world right now. So like you know what I mean, but. To say that there's not gonna be another Mahomes, we don't know that because we we didn't know what Mahomes is gonna be. Right, he just stepped on the scene. I and just pro- remember when they produced. had, yeah, they had him like they picked him up, sat him behind Alex Smith for a full year, and then they were just like they got rid of Alex Smith. They were like, we got our guy, and I was like, they ready to just throw him in like that, and then they put him in, and the rest was history. Right, right. So they knew what they had. They was watching that practice film. I'm honestly, I hope pretty- Jordan loves like that. I'm very. I, I heard he might like that. We'll, we'll think. We'll think about this formula that the the Packers have been running now for like I don't know a decade plus, right? They had Aaron Rodgers come in and sit behind Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Brett Favre basically taught him a little bit of what he knew, and now now we have Jordan Love sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. All that shit about Aaron Rodgers not being a good teammate. I don't think that's the real thing. I've never heard that about like from, from a teammate of, like, or of his. Yeah, like that's crazy to even talk about. So we could throw that out the window. And now you're thinking about, yo, I'm telling you, Bosco has been killing me. <laughs> yeah. so. I'm sorry to <laughs> interrupt <laughs> the podcast. I'm Bosco is laid out on the couch with both legs hanging out. <laughs> yo, he's wild. Oh, um, God, my fault, Dad. <laughs> they got they got Jordan Love sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, right? We got a little bit of the same situation. If he's, you know, for lack of better terms, grooming Jordan Love, like what can we expect out of this moving forward? Um, obviously, the Packers think highly of him. They picked him what with like pick number twenty five um, last year. Mm-hmm. So we'll see moving forward. We'll definitely see. I think what's interesting too when you talk about like Aaron Rodgers, like. He was drafted uh, first-round pick in 2005, 24th overall. And at the time, um, it was somewhat of a shock because you're talking about a Packers team that was always in the playoffs, that was pretty good for the most part, still had Brett Favre at quarterback, um, who was 35 years old, uh, which means he still has some years left in him. Um, But clearly they saw their quarterback of the future. Uh, They grabbed them, and Green Bay wasn't too excited about it at the time. They thought they could have got some help for the offense and Brett Favre. Uh, but little did they know, uh, they had one of the best quarterbacks of all time, um, you know, waiting in the midst, just waiting for an opportunity. So um, absolutely possible. Um, you know, he could, Jordan Love could 
have that same trajectory, uh, that'd kind of be crazy. And but that's Very a whole fortunate. other story. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm 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 also interested to see like what Trey Lance like comes comes to be because like you know Carson Wentz thus far he's not he's not bad he's definitely had terrible moments yeah but like overall like he's not bad I'm I'm excited to see what he's gonna do in yeah uh, I'm excited to see what he's gonna do with the Colts too. yeah he leads he, he led his team to the best team the best team yeah the you know what I mean like yeah so so having Trey Lance come from the same type of system um obviously he's running it so it's different um I'm I'm interested to see because he's not one of those like big name top five QB guys. Like he yeah. kind of slips in there as like, yo, like, like here's me, this yeah. gem. You never know. But or another, it could just be But one thing I do like about Trey Lance is we've seen we've seen the little bit of success that Carson Wentz has had. Trey Lance is a better thrower and a better athlete. I I I don't see there I don't see there being any reason why he can't be as successful or even more successful than Carson Wentz has been in the NFL, because it's almost the same size. I think it's almost the same size frame. He's a bit. He's a pretty big guy. He's an athletic, strong-looking guy. Yeah. Um, Carson Wentz. He's a bigger guy. I, I wouldn't say he's strong. I, think, he's, yeah. I wouldn't say he's you know as physically appealing. But he's a big dude. Like he's a big dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Fairly athletic. Yeah, and Jordan Love, I think, broke. I mean, um, Trey Lance, I think, broke all the records that he had at the school. So I mean, yeah. it's, uh, this could be could be the second coming of once. <laughs> no, I mean, don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> we'll see. I always get wary about records because I feel like every other year they're just getting broken by newer guys who are just like just as talented, and it's just like, yeah. Jesus Christ! Like, there's always new records, like. Alabama, in particular, I feel like their records just every other year just switch. But I mean, all I know is North Dakota State, like that program is serious. Like yeah. obviously Carson came out of there. They also got this other tackle, Dylan Radunes. Is that how you oh, say? Oh, Dylan Radens. Radens. Um, yeah, he's, he's a late first round, early second round. You know what I mean? So they still, they got they got ta- they got um, talent coming out of there. Um, so he he could be. The real deal. We'll see. We'll definitely see. We'll definitely see. Do you guys think any running backs go in the first round? I know we had it in the mock, but as I think about it, it's just like tough. But it's hard to see no one taking a running back. Um, somebody's gonna take Travis Etienne. In the you think it's round. gonna be Travis Etienne first? Yeah, before? No, it has to be. If he if he's not if he's not first, I don't, I don't think. You don't think I don't Najee think, I don't think a, no, I don't think a running back should be drafted in the first round if it's not Tra- Travis. Um, what about <laughs> Najee Harris? Najee Harris is a great running back, but Travis Etienne is like I'm the, saying, the like, do you all-time believe, leading rusher of the ACC. Yeah, I, I do believe that Etienne is the better of the two. I'm just saying, do you think that um, Najee could sneak his way into the first round as well? I don't think a team needs a running back that enough, bad yeah. enough to get him and not grab Travis Etienne first. Fair enough. Yeah, man. Was yeah. it the Saints we were looking at? Is that – I don't know. We were looking at, like, some team – that in somebody's mock draft had uh, Najee Harris going to them. The Saints is one is one of those teams that that That'd doesn't nice. need it that doesn't need um, help at many positions at all. But running back is one position that they could use. 
I mean, they always had Mark Ingram with Alvin Kamara. Yeah. They could yeah. have Najee Harris with Alvin yeah. Kamara. And that that's could be what them. I'm saying. That they perfected really that combo man. shit. Yeah, for real. No one really knew how to like. I mean, the Panthers did it with Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. Dude, but that was kind of an anomaly. The Browns are doing it. I mean, the, the Browns, Browns are doing are it now. Doing it's just it. crazy. Like, like now, like the the way the league, the makeup of the league is now, the running backs aren't as Nah, valued. you know, it was one of my one of my one of those favorite, one of my favorite um, running back duos from one of those years, a few years ago, Tevin Coleman and Devontae mm. Freeman when oh, they was yeah. bugging. Yeah, when they was, they was <laughs> bugging they was for bu- a bit, when man. they was bugging out for those like two Absolutely. years. They went for a rack apiece, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Something like that. But yeah, um, as far as like the, the league, um, it's kind of unfortunate for these guys on draft day, the running backs, like, no one has been talking about the running backs, but I guess for good reason. Um, I'll say it coming from as a spectator of, of the sport, um, running backs aren't valued as much, so these guys um, aren't getting the recognition that they should be from a talent perspective, but I understand why if you're a, an evaluator of an organization that is trying to get players that will make huge impacts on a team. Um, but given that said though, like these, I think it's, it's safe for us to say that these guys could end up being like among the biggest steals just because they're being overlooked in how, like the makeup of the league right now. I see Um, that as well. Maybe, maybe like, you know, next season we'll be talking about, Oh, I can't believe this running back slipped to the third round. Like, Mm -hmm. but now he's like, you know, considered a top five running back you know but, yo, it's crazy you but. say that because i was reading something that said a lot of the guys that have been like great running backs um you know even guys like alvin kamara like were picked pick yeah. picked in later rounds exactly. like you your hit rate in that round is like yeah. fairly good so it's yeah. like you don't necessarily have to put so much value at the top of the draft and try and grab your guy at running back yeah. when you can get it's, someone of similar value in the third third round fourth yeah, round it's who cool. knows it's cool to look at because like you're looking at a situation where if you're a franchise you can you can address you know the immediate needs for your team maybe and then maybe later on you can get one of these like generational guys that they can turn out be could turn out to be one of these generational guys and then you end up with you know one of the best players in the league like that's just you know a crazy I did think about how you can just, you know, yeah, address those needs and then get one of these guys that are being overlooked that turn out to be, you know, a, a player you have to account for on every down. And it's going to happen. I mean, that happens yeah. in more than just the running back position. That happened to every position. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get into them later rounds. I mean, they're fifth round. You talk about guys like uh, Joan Thune, late round pick. Orlando Brown, later round pick, third round pick. Like, these are guys that, you know, end up emerging because yeah. somehow they get into a system that works for them. They're able to capitalize. They start making plays, and that's the beauty of the draft. You know, that's that's the reason there's so much hype around draft day. Uh, it can change your franchise. You never know, you know, what's on the table, what's going to happen. Um, there's been some crazy draft day stories, and I'm sure we'll have more uh, after this Thursday. I want to shout out to Nick Choco, uh, my guy from Stonehill College, uh, sending us his mock draft. I just wanted to read you guys the top ten picks and let you know what it's looking like. Uh, I haven't shown any of you guys yet, so this will be – Fairly spontaneous. Chico. Choco. Shout yeah, out. Shout out to you, Nick. Um, now, my he has the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Trevor Lawrence first. The New York Jets taking Zach Wilson second. Uh, third, he has Mac Jones to the 49ers. 
Uh, fourth, he has Trey Lance to the Falcons. Kyle Pitts to the Bengals at five. Jalen Waddle to the Dolphins at six. He has the Detroit Lions taking Jamar Chase at seven. Sewell to the Carolina Panthers at eight. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame, uh, the linebacker at nine, and Patrick Sertain at ten. Now, that's one of the more unique mock drafts I've seen. I haven't seen uh, too many defensive guys going What team, what team going is drafting high. at nine? Um, he has the uh, Broncos uh, taking Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. The Broncos, if they picked him up, that would be That would be tough for the defense. That would be straight coverage everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'd be, <laughs> they would be locked down, no doubt. Um, a couple of the other picks, I mean, I like from that. I like I like it. Um, the first four picks, quarterbacks. Right? That's uh Jeesh, Nick. <laughs> hey, damn, is there that much need for a quarterback? <laughs> He's like, yo, league? man, these guys are hoopers. <laughs> but uh, I can like, dig I don't it, though. Know, I don't know who, who goes in front. <laughs> nah, I could dig it, though. I nah, could dig cool, it. Um, you know, it's crazy. He got Justin Fields dropping. Uh, I think that's uh, – ha- but, get, you know, guess who he has him dropping to? The New England Pats. The New England Patriots, you know, at 15. I hope so. I hope you're right, Nick. Um, if you are, uh, I'll buy you a beer. But, uh, we will have a drink. It's been a while. Um, and congratulations on your engagement. Appreciate you, Nick. Word. Yeah. Shout That's out awesome. to you, brother. Uh, but that is it. Uh, that is episode 18 of the Zone Talk podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening to us. You can follow us on all of our socials at Zone Talk Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, stay tuned as we keep you updated uh, post-draft, and we'll be excited to get back and talk about everything that's happened, and we'll go from there, but we'll catch y'all later. Draft recap next week, baby. Zone Talk, Zone Talk, Zone Talk. <laughs> hey. Peace. I'm the type of make a move and don't nobody know. You don't gotta hide it if you wanna let it show, girl. All I need is any with a little bit of dope. Soon as I get them both, you know I'm all ready to go, yeah. Never mind them rookies, baby, come fuck with the pro. We can do it faster, we can do it slow. Never mind them knocks, yeah, leave them at the door. I know what your spots like, I've been there before. I left my main hoe, now my side my main hoe. Jigger chain clothes, live exquisite, they know. Performing plain clothes, get the bag and race home. Ain't got time for lame hoes or any of you lame hoes.